June 25, 2018. It's a Watt from Pedro show. Ha <laughs> 
Oh well, how I got into music. Well, here, um, here we go. Here we go. Well, for Pedro show. Uh, uh, yeah, brother Matt indisposed, but uh, totally not man alone here in Pedro because through the geniuses, uh, engineers over there in Estonia with their Skype software, uh, I'm on the horn here with uh, Jared Swiley, Black Lips. Yep. Welcome aboard. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem, Jared. Jared, what's your earliest music recollection? Um... Uh, uh, being in church, uh, my dad and my grandfather, all the people next door doing work on their house. Uh, all the all the men in my family were preachers. Well, women too, but they usually they praise and worship. But uh, yeah, just I grew up in a gospel church, uh, singing on stage. So that's what I was. Uh, that's what first I remember. My grandmother played the organ. My dad, you know. He was a praise leader, so. On the stage, so you weren't uh, like in the choir or pews or whatever? I, I was on stage from before I can remember. <laughs> That's a trip. Well, I know a lot of rock and roll comes out of church singing in the old days. Oh, yeah. You know what? I should I should say what we played. We start off the show with John Coltrane doing Jupiter and uh, Black Lips with Overture from their brand new album. Okay, so, real, you know, because... You're in church and stuff and uh, getting in the spirit and letting loose, right? So I could see that translating to rock and roll down the road. No problem. Well, it was, actually, it was one of my, because it was one of those crazy churches where everyone spoke in tongues and there was like, like, you know, people would pass out and have seizures. And I just remember when I started getting into rock and roll, I was like, if I could translate even a fraction of this to like a secular rock and roll show, then yeah. that'd be a good step. Yeah, I remember, you know, I was a boy in Virginia, and there was a my ma, There was a church nearby like this, and people almost falling out the window. She called them holy rollers. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was, you yeah, definitely were those. Okay, okay. What about at home? Was there instruments, like in the living room? You said your ma was an organ player, but that's probably in church, right? Yeah, we, had a, we always had a piano at home, and uh, a lot of guitars are around. Uh, my dad was always, and saxophone, but I, I remember trying to pick up saxophone, but I just wasn't really, never felt it. Well, what about, uh, did they want you to play piano because there was one in the house, like take piano lessons? I wish. See, my, my parents got divorced and my mom hated the whole church thing. Ah. So my, my two younger brothers who grew up in my dad's house, they're both like session level players. I had to teach myself. My mom wanted me to play sports to, I think, to spite my dad. Okay. That's a trip. Do you remember the first record you bought for yourself? I can't really. I think it was probably that Beatles, uh, the greatest hits, the red and blue one. The anthologies. Yeah. Yeah. That was, I think that was my first one. Like, when I got, like, my dad took us, there was this record store called Turtles in Atlanta. And you get Turtles tokens, and I think that was what I got. Do you remember the first gig you went to? Yeah, it was just uh, some local punk bands. It was at this, like, kind of, there was this, Christ, like, Christian punk club in Atlanta called the Pterodactyl Club. And, you know, they sold soda, and it was, like, kind of pop punk bands. There was a Pterodactyl in, I think, uh... Charlotte. Oh, yeah, maybe it was, was that one like straight edge Christian kind of thing? No, it wasn't. <laughs> it's kind of fucked up. <laughs> it was more of the older days in the 80s. 
I think so, if I, if I remember. Um, uh, but Atlanta goes way back. I mean, 688, you know, I don't know if you remember that stuff. But. Yeah, I mean, I I missed that by a few years, but, I mean, I always hear the stories about it, and that was kind of like the legendary one. Um, right. The cat went on to make something called Metroplex, I think, after that. Yeah, there's Metroplex. Yeah. I, I, I also missed that by a couple of years. That's um, okay. No wine before it's time, right? <laughs> so it's just a circumstance when you come around and stuff. But I'm trying to think in my mind, so many different paths in Atlanta. It's gone through so many things. And, uh, I mean, as a town even. A lot of oh, people, yeah, it's crazy how much it's... Like Expando, and, right? Yeah. yeah, it's like, it's nuts. Like, if I, I bought my house when it was real cheap to buy, and now I would definitely not be able to afford in the neighborhood I live in. You know, I actually was playing there before the Olympics, so they didn't even have a four-lane freeway yet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I remember, okay, let's get back to your journey th- through music. Uh, what about at school? Did uh, th- you have any music program in your school? No, I mean, I played, I did orchestra for a couple of years. What is Because I, I wanted to play uh, bass. You mean stand-up? Yeah. Oh, wow. Great. Uh, I kind of got kicked out of that because I would skip the, I skipped a couple concerts and the teacher, she was real, she freaked out. She was real passionate and she didn't think I cared enough. And I didn't like one of those concerts. I just. Sure. I just wanted to learn how to play bass. But yeah. So your first bass is actually the stand up. Yeah. Wow. There's a lot of cats. Man, I tried it. It's hard. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I tried this later on, not as a boy, but man, I mean, yeah. I played it with a bow in orchestra, but even, we even had a stand-up bass on one of our songs on the last record. Yeah, and I could do it. I had to get uh, Sean Lennon to do it for me because it's it's hard, like finding the <laughs> notes without like the tape on it and stuff. Yeah, you know that's why fucking Leo called the P bass the precision because it had frets. Oh, really? Did oh, you know that? Funny. Yeah, that's where that name comes from. He he played a little piano. He didn't actually play, but we are all in debt to him. Here, I want to play uh, Electric Spiderwebs.
snagu Spokojen se želim Iščupati iz kože Zagri se do krvi Počupati si nokte Uništi tijelo do kraja Da ostane samo snaga Uništi tijelo do kraja Da ostane samo snaga Osjećam se skroz živ, ježim se, kidam, lupam, plešem i skačem, veselom se buci i kao su bez laži i razbijeni su oblaci.
the sun Waiting for the one hard man, the one hard man The one hard man, the one hard man The one hard man And the sun is in her eye Her hand is melting in the sky I'm in my bedwag
did you have to gain? You started just like us, but then you broke our trust. Oh, Wayne, you did it for the fame. You always knew you'd be a real celebrity. Tommy Lee, but he's actually he's in the Georgia Music Hall of Fame. He's or Country Music Hall of Fame. You're talking enough the uh, butt rock drummer man. Yeah, not the, not the butt rock guy. This yeah. guy, <laughs> he's been in bands forever, and that was his uh, garage band in the '60s. They were called the Electric Spiderweb. So it's kind of our oh wow. Band. Okay, you know where garage is big? Spain. Where? Oh yeah, Spain. They're wild <laughs> about it. it 
<laughs> ain't that yeah, a trip? Crazy, <laughs> yeah, ain't that a trip? Uh, so yeah, electric spider webs from Black Lips. So so that's kind of like a tribute to him, huh? Yeah, he he he, he does uh, the karaoke at this uh, honky tonk that's here. It's like the last one left in Atlanta. Uh-huh. But uh, he's a good buddy of ours, and he's been in bands forever. He was actually telling me the other day because he was in. You know, in the 70s, like, Southern Rockers, they would tour the South with, like, the New York Dolls and stuff. And I was like, how the hell did y'all wear, like, gold lame pants and high-heel shoes, like, in <laughs> South Georgia in the 70s? And he was telling me this story about uh, just these girls invited them over to the trailer after a show. They played with the Dolls, and then the girl's boyfriend or something showed up, thought they were all girls, and he realized they were dudes, and stuck a gun in Tommy's mouth and told him not to come back. Whoa. Because, I mean, Sorry. even when I was a kid around here, it's not not so much anymore, but when I was a kid, it was even, you know, if you had a mohawk or a leather jacket, you were might get beat up, definitely going to get called a fag about 40 times. Yeah. But we had a little, we even had a little of that here. It was more like, fuck you, Devo. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of like yeah, I talked to Mark. It was it was either the rednecks were gonna beat you up or the skinheads. We had a really bad skinhead problem here. Ours was more jocks. Oh yeah, you know the first time Minutemen played Atlanta, we got invited to a cable TV show, and this guy had an electric chair like Alice Cooper, and it was a summer tour. Thought so, we thought it'd help if we cut our heads bald. <laughs> we did a little bit. <laughs> but anyway, this guy thought we were part of some Nazi skinhead thing. And, uh, oh, man, it was You had to tell him no. Got, me and Cole both got beat up. I got my oh. cheekbone fractured by some of them. They, we called them boneheads, the, the Nazi ones. Fuck heads. Uh, so, okay, let's back to your music. Thing. You're in... Um, Doing uh, stand-up bass in the orchestra. What about bands on the side, like at home, in the garage, in the bedroom, that shit? Well, me and Cole, what we got into, like, kind of, I knew that I wanted to, like, kind of get into punk, and I had heard of, like, sex whistles and things, but then we saw the decline of Western civilization. One of our friends' older brothers had it, and that was when I was, like, after I saw the germs, oh, I was yeah. like, we got to start a band. So we actually started a band before we knew how to play, like, you know, classic trope. And we uh, we got a show booked, and it was more performance art, like a lot of puking and nudity. Yeah. And uh, we put in this warehouse, and we actually got the people in a lot of trouble because one kid from our school came and got really wasted, and his mom followed him there and hired a detective to, like, because it was a legal warehouse space, and that was a really bad look on our part for, like, our debut show. Oh, man. Were you called Black Lips? We were called the Renegades, but okay. it was me and Cole. It was kind of the same idea. It was like we wanted to mix like Link Ray and like Van Morrison with like you know Germs and Stooges kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it, it all comes out of that. And you know, Little Richard wore fucking high heels. Yeah, you know, it's a trip how yeah, it's a trip how rock and roll got so fucking square, John. Yeah, he's the, the like you want to talk about being you you have to be a true weirdo to be into that back then. And like now weird's like it's cool to be weird, but that was downright dangerous what he was doing. Oh absolutely. Absolutely. Uh I played a nautica in uh Amarillo 
and, you know, these indoor swimming pools. And he, 1958, took his shirt off during the gig. They arrested him. <laughs> Taking his fucking shirt off. A bunch of idiots. So, so that first gig was kind of a, yeah. Was it was it scary? Was it fun? How'd you feel? Besides all that shit. It was, it was super fun. Like, you know, I think we just all snuck out of the house and went there and, yeah, it was a blast. Was, and what about the tunes? What, what, what were the tunes? A lot of originals. Yeah, they were. They were pretty bad, but like they were kind of there. It was all like kind of one four fives that we just kind of screamed over. Yeah, but was, you weren't just trying to copy songs off records. I mean, there was a lot of that shit when I was young in the seventies. Oh no, we never really did any covers. Um, I think we covered Gloria for a minute, but it was a really it was really crappy. So we felt it was like disrespectful. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, so so after that, what? Like, uh, man, I, I like this. Uh, you guys go record? Yeah, we recorded, but then halfway during the recording session of our first forty-five, yeah, I got I got kicked out of school and I got arrested a couple times. So before we could finish the forty-five, I got sent to the wilderness in Montana for six months. Whoa! Um, it was like kind of a, like. There was a ranch you worked on then for three months, and three months you just walked around the wilderness and wet your ass with snow. Whoa. And then when I came back, I was supposed to go to a halfway house, but I was almost 18, so I just moved into this punk house. It was like 10 of us at this punk house we called Dice Slaughter House, and that's when Black Lips started. You're talking in Montana. Well, I got back from Montana. Oh, okay, when you got back. Okay, when you got back. Yeah, I'm, I'm the punk house, right? Like 10 guys living in a pad. Yeah. Uh, and so what? Did you complete the recording? Uh, they finished it without me. And oh. then when I got back, uh, you know, we were 17. and Oh, so that, that record was a Renegades record. No, no, this was the first Black Lips record. Okay, okay, okay. But they but, finished, uh, but they finished then, it without you. I, I just booked a tour through like um, basically message boards. There's this thing called Book Your Own Fucking Life, and then yeah. you'd find people in Maximum Rock and Roll. Yeah, they put out that book, right? Yeah, so that's how. We, and then we just booked our first tour. Yeah, what was that like? Oh, uh, it was. I mean, for a 17 year old, it was yeah. the funnest shit ever. But looking back, it was pretty terrible. I mean, we slept in the van every night, ate at homeless shelters. What kind of van? Uh, what kind of it was, uh, it was a Chevy. It wasn't an express van. It was like a Chevy, like family van. But Beauville. Like, I remember they had the Beauville. Converted for like a wheelchair to be in there. So it was like a ton of room. We just built it out like a loft and everything. Oh, okay. The handicap. Yeah. Never had too good luck with Chevys. A lot of pesos. Uh, how, how, big, how big of a tour was it? Was it a couple months? Was it big, baby? No, the first one was like three weeks. Okay. And we'd, we'd go on tour for three weeks and have to come home and work to save up money to go on tour Sure, again. sure. I know that deal. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, we, did you do the figure out the big loop thing? Like in springtime, you know, you want to maybe go counterclockwise so you get out of the south before it's too sweaty, wait for no, the north we, to thaw. We were never... Uh, we weren't smart enough to do like we booked, some of our tours were just booked like hourglass shaped, uh, just wherever we could get a show. San Diego to Portland. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
<laughs> Miami to the other Portland. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. We had some nasty Backtrack. Well, you know, in the real old days, like when we toured with Flag and stuff, you didn't have a lot of options. The scene was so small. Actually, it was the other rock and rollers that really gave us fucking shit. You know, whatever, the real rock and roll, right? Because punk wasn't real rock and roll to these people. So you end up playing a lot of discos and ethnic play- places and stuff. So you had to do crazy-ass route. And I remember Philly, speaking of Atlanta, Philly to Atlanta. You'd have to leave after you played to make the sound check for the next night. Yeah, dude, that sucks. <laughs> it really does. It really does. So as the tour went on, I figured out this. Actually, I was just looking back at vaudeville, you know, and what they did. And basically that's what you do when you work in the towns. So uh, I want you to tell me about this new record here. How how is it different from like back then? Well, for one thing, it's got Sean Leonard, right? Yeah, I mean we had like a, it's a it's a real nice studio. Is it uh, is it his studio. up uh, upstate New York? Yeah, up in the Catskills. Yeah, right, right. Really beautiful place, but I mean this one we had kind of a new lineup. Um, yeah, it's you and Cole and other cats, right? Yeah. I mean, it's always kind of been me and Cole's, sure. like, you know, we're the core thing. But with this one, it's the first time where we had, like, all the time at our hands that we wanted because we were living at Sean's place, and it's real secluded. Like, you know, you'd lose track of what day it was. Never had to, I never had my phone on me or a wallet. So that was cool. It was just, like, it was 100%. More focus. Yeah, big focus. You know what? I forgot to talk about the other song. Uh, James Williamson, Pink Hearts, brand new, uh, This Garden, uh, Garage in July, as a uh, guided by Voices, King Flute, Black Lips, another one from the new album, Lucid Nightmare. What's that? What's that? Uh, that was from our old guitar player, Jack. Uh-huh. Um, he was only in the band for that. Well, he was on, he was on the second record and then this last one, but... Uh, he had too many kids, so he had to stop. Yeah. You know, Dee, Dee wrote songs for the Ramones after he was out of the band. Yeah, I heard he did that. That's Ain't that um, a trip? <laughs> we're kind of always open for that. Like, we're, we're always pretty collaborative. Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, we've, been, we've even had past members come back and leave. You know, it's kind of like a, you know, open door policy, maybe. Sure. No, but no bridges burned. Carla Bozlich with One Hard Man, uh, Smokey Emery, brand new, Bright Keys, Hell Beans, brand new, No Skin Off My Teeth, and then Wayne, Black Lips. Wayne. Oh, yeah. Is that That's our buddy song. Wayne in no, Oklahoma? It's not, it's not Wayne Williams. He was this uh, Atlanta oh. serial killer, allegedly. No one knows. Oh, I think they're, they're sure that he definitely did two of the murders, uh-huh. but I, I think at that time... It was a pretty corrupt police force, and they pinned like thirty-three on him. But it was—I it was before I was—it was like a year before I was born. But it was like the news would be like at six p.m. Do you know where your children are? So I think it was something like thirty-five, thirty-six kids got killed in the span of I don't know, six months, and so it was like pretty terrifying. It was kind of ripping the city apart because some people thought it was like the KKK doing it. Wow. Um, and I think they just got this guy. He might might have been a patsy. Ah, uh, to and take the like, fall. Like clear, yeah, you know. But no one knows, and he's so he's a bizarre guy. So he, he didn't help himself out. He like I think he blew his case for a retrial by saying that he was a CIA agent and all this weird stuff. And 
Well, maybe he had metal problems. He definitely had metal problems. <laughs> I mean, not to laugh about it. Okay, so that's an insight in a way. Uh, so, so you have a lot of guests on this one, which is different. But then, uh, and then being out in the woods like that, uh, focus. So in a way, it was much, much different. What, what, what's the title mean? Oh, I saw it on, um, you know, when you pass churches and they have those oh, yeah. weird messages on the outside. Like, yeah. I saw that one on some church in North Georgia when I was driving. I would have loved to have known what that sermon was about. It said, <laughs> will you be or will you be God's art? <laughs> or God's graffiti and Satan's art. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is a trippy thing, that, but it figures that would be something off one of those little marquees. Yeah, yeah. Some of those are wild. I'd like to put together a photo book or just because you know they're trying they're trying to be provocative, right? Uh, a little bit, but you know it's funny. My dad played it at the church the other day and had the graphic up on the screen, so it can't be that provocative. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> so you, your pop's still in the doing this, okay? Happening. Well, he, he kind of is. He used to, my family kind of is credited with starting the mega church, like the Pawks and the Swillies. My dad had, you know, a 5,000 person church. And Jeez. in 2011 or 12, wow. he uh, told me that he was gay and I convinced him to come out to the congregation. And he did it on camera. That's bitching. And everybody left. So he went from about 5,000 to now he has about 50. But he's happier and he's married to a guy that he Yeah, but it's in the open, right? Jesus. Yeah. It's happening. Look, we're at the end of the first hour, June 25, 2018 edition of Wild for Pedro Show. I'm my special guest, Jared. I will type for hour two. June 25, 2018, it's the second hour of the Wild for Pedro Show.
Bigger than the pain.
Watch for Pedro Show started the second hour off with uh, Black Lips, a new album. In my mind, there's a dream. And then uh, M.B. Jones with Bigger Than the Planet Earth, Vasco Aranasowski, Dobar Zivot, uh, Black Lips, new album, Occidental Front, uh, Escape in All Schools from Instituto No. Anthems of the Void with Lost News from the Endless Sea. And finally, Interlude Bongos by Blackwood. Yeah, I want to ask you about the process. So, you guys didn't, did you bring in songs? We kind of, I mean, we had a bunch. We always, like, I always kind of got some on reserve. Yep. And we had a bunch that were ready, but uh, we went up, uh, I went up like a week or two early just to hang out at Sean's house and we just, it was neat. We'd never done that before because, you know, usually it's we're worried about time and money and all that stuff. But this one, you know, we're just hanging out at his house. So we were able to, like, flesh out a bunch of things. And he's really he just I mean, obviously, he knows his shit so well because, you know, he grew up in that. So he's it's great when I'm having when I'm stumped on a song or like going through the process. He's really good. Like knows all music theory and all that kind of stuff and can. Yeah, you know, he helped us just like work out some stuff I was stuck on. So when when you went earlier, did you make like little demos? Yeah, we had some. We had like I had some crappy like uh, Garage Band demos, uh-huh. and we would just sit there and listen to those. And you'd be like, "All right, this one, let's work on this one. Let's figure out where to put a bridge and a chorus and all this stuff." Right. For example, in my mind, there's a dream. Yeah, that one. It was just a real rough demo, and. Uh, we had uh, our friend Saul from that band Fat White Family. He was up yeah. there. He started playing like started playing harpsichord, and uh, so then that we kind of wrote it around like the harpsichord part. He's a guitar guy, right? I think he, yeah, he has guitar and uh, I think organ and stuff. Okay. okay. And actually, after we saw uh, Cole change the chorus, I guess he we watched the Stooges documentary and that like inspired them to like want to make a more powerful chorus and then they came back uh, <laughs> I haven't seen that yet it's pretty good you're you know, in yeah I remember Jim Jarmusch talking to me twice and I could tell that he loves Stooges so I could I, I trust him but it's always scary to see those things yeah it's really good okay so I, that's it must have been something that got set to fucking want to change a tune all right I wonder what tune he was thinking of, or just the whole piece. Like I don't that? know. If it was just just in general. He got inspiration. I don't know. If it, I don't think it was a song. I think it was just he just wanted something that hit harder. And that, like after seeing that, he was like, "Oh yeah, Stooges are badass. Let's do something more like that." You know, I got to do 125 months with him. Uh, yeah. What about this I, tune, I, "Squatting in Heaven"? I want to play that next.
sing from scratch.
Watch the Pedro show. Yeah. Uh, Squatting Heaven from Black Lips, brand new record. Mole Omen, Regretful Snake Pose. Frantics, My Dad's a Fucking Alcoholic, Rebel Inst- Intuition, Black Lips. New album. Lucy Leave with Christchurch Tower, The Doers Parties in the Kitchen, and finally Losers Lament from Black Lips. Losers Lament. Yeah, that's kind of a. We kind of have a muse of a good friend of ours who passed away some oh. years ago, but uh, he always keeps popping up onto our uh, albums. He was kind of like our spirit animal. So we have like a ton of songs that are inspired by him or loosely based on him. He was kind of a loser, but a love. I mean that in the best possible way, like a lovable loser. Yeah, like an endearment. Okay. Uh, this is John Coltrane's song called Lonnie's Lament. <laughs> made me think of that. What What about squatting in heaven? Is that that's kind, of a, that's kind of a jab? At my, that's kind of a jab at my neighbors. Like, uh, okay, <laughs> they, none of them like me, and I'm kind of like the. I used to be afraid of all the neighbors when I first moved here. Uh, I don't know if I. There's good and bad. Like, the new neighbors aren't going to smash up my car. It used to be this kind of like, it's a mill town. I live around. It, it, it's a, it used to be a cotton mill, so all these houses were built for the workers. So it was, they imported all these people from the Appalachian Mountains. So it was kind of weird because Atlanta is a majority black city, but it was like this white ghetto, like right in the, and a very insular. Like you didn't go in or out. It was kind of like deliverance right in smack in the middle of the city. Wow. And, and now I'm the, like the pariah in the neighborhood. Like uh, a lot of the neighbors don't say hi to me and my girlfriend. It's real square. Yeah, real. They're like those, like kind of like uptight liberals. Yeah. Square. They, 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 yeah, they. Uh, they're almost like they remind me of the people in the like they should be living in the suburbs. Like if it wasn't cool to live in the city now. Right. Well, you know, they got that big belt around Atlanta, and they're filling that up. <laughs> There's going to be oh, some definitely. suburbs. <laughs> in fact, I would call. Marietta and Smyrna kind of suburbs. Yeah, they are. You know what I mean? They used to be, in the old days when I toured, they were very distinct, different. And it's Oh, yeah, Marietta was definitely like, that was a, like a town, like with its own square and everything right. like that. It's kind of melted. Now it's all kind of like melt, morphed, morphed all together. Yeah, a lot of more. What about, what about this tune, uh, The Rebel Intuition? That was actually uh, Jack, our old guitar player. That was the name of one of his high school bands. Uh, they were called Rebel Intuition, and uh, <laughs> such a bizarre term. I think they were like a, like a rockabilly band or something. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And uh, so, so this another tune that was brought in from the guitar man. Yeah. Okay. So your little reservoir, you guys can go. Well, the whole idea is the black lip feel, right? The treatment. Yeah, because you have such a strong identity in this. It's it's not even a, I would say style. It's a feel, because you guys actually do a lot of different kinds of things. But I can tell it's a black lips right away. So that's a really good thing. Uh, oh, I didn't get to ask you about Occidental Front. That's another strange term. Oh, that's I never knew. I, I didn't know Occidental was the opposite of Oriental. Somehow we were talking about that in the studio, and for some reason. 
I kept laughing a bunch because it seemed like a, I never heard of it. But it was kind of, you know, Fred Cole from Dead Moon? Sure. He had a band in the 80s called The Western Front. Yeah. Yeah. Dead Moon's like when Fred Cole's like, was, you know, they're, I've always been one of my heroes. Totally. And I, kind of homage to Fred and Tootie. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, what I've learned is, especially older cats, uh, Asian guys, they don't like that word Oriental. Oh, yeah. I know that. <laughs> That's why I was laughing so much because I was like, I was like, so should I be offended if someone calls me Occidental? I think I we had smoked, we had like smoked a joint, and it was silly. But at the time, I was like cracking up about it. Yeah, I think it was from the days like uh, British Empire or some shit. But <clears throat> my buddy, Mister Kim, he has this liquor store, and he's, I'm an Asian man. I am not Oriental. <laughs> he just yeah, hates that yeah, word. That's, that's I think there's some kind of baggage with that word. Yeah. So. So you're just being, just being, oh, okay, a little contrary. So do the words come first? Uh, sometimes. Like with like that song, Wayne, I, was, yeah. I always like to write stuff about Georgia. Like I wrote a song about our old mascot for the Braves. And so I'll be like, I want to write a song about Wayne Williams because it's like a murder ballad kind of thing. Okay, okay. And, and I'll just start dicking around with that. But sometimes the music, I mean, it really just depends. I actually have a, a lot of times with me, it's the music verse because I have a hard, real hard time with lyrics. Okay, okay. I'm a real slow writer when it comes to... But what you're saying is you need like a focus thing to, to grab on first. I'm kind of like yeah, that with the song titles. I'm not good at like writing abstract things. Well, I know people, most people, they put the title on last. I almost always have to start with the title so I know where the words and the music are going to go. <laughs> yeah, I usually yeah, I, I kind of tend to be the same way. I have to have a theme. I write a lot of story songs and stuff about things or people. And what what about rhyming? Does it matter to you? Not really. As long as, I care more about like the syllables and like how it flows. I don't. I know you're supposed to do like A B A B or A A B B A A B B. I don't understand how that, all that works really. Yeah, Jared, so. I don't know about that because look at. Walt Whitman leaves the grass. There's no rhyming in that. Yeah, see, I, as long as it sounds good coming out, that's all I really care yeah, about. Yeah, right, right. And sometimes you force the rhyme, it gets kind of cornball. Yeah, it starts sounding like Dr. Seuss or something. <laughs> I will not eat them in a boat. <laughs> <laughs> I will sail my boat in a moat. Take <laughs> it to my coat. <laughs> We're at the end of the second hour. June 25, 2018 edition Watt, Pedro Show special guest, Jared. Hold tight for hour three. June 25, 2018, it's the third hour of the Watt from Pedro Show.
והזמן הוא לא העניין, כשניר נוהג לאט, והשקיעה משייפת את השמשה הקדמית של לבן, וכל המדבר יומי מרחב, צלול, הזמן הוא לא עניין. איך ידענו לא לטמון ידיים בכיסים? איך ידענו להיכנע לדבר הזה? בערבים היינו עוצרים בשולי הדרך ומבעירים אש. היתושים סחרו בדם כמו בממתקים ולא היה לנו כסף, אז לא התקלחנו. בלילה המשאיות הרעידו את האדמה עליה שכבנו והרפל השחר כיסה אותנו כמו שמיכת פוך. רצינו להגיע לנקודה הכי צפונית ביבשת ולגעת בים. זמן לא היה עניין. עיירות עשויות אבק חלפו כמו בחלום. לעיתים עצרנו למלא דלק ולקנות סיגריות. ופעם כמעט הרסנו קנגרו שהתפרץ לכביש. זמן לא היה העניין. מדי כמה שעות עברה מולנו מכונית. וניר זקף אצבע מהעגל לעוד שלום. גם הנעד השני עשה כך.
for Pedro Show. We start off the third hour with Black Lips' new album. It won't be long. What about that, Jared? That one was all Sean's idea. Like, I never in a million years would I be like, hey, can we cover one of your dad's songs? Yeah. He wanted us to do, like, we did it originally the the way the Beatles did it, but it sounded, aside from the voices, just like them. You know, I mean, they sing way better, obviously. So then we decided we wanted to make it like, like darker, or spookier. You sing good. I like the way you sing. You know, I'll tell you about uh, covering a song experience I had with the Sonic Youth. They literally put the record on you, play to the fucking record. <laughs> you know they what I mean? just they just play along to the record. Yeah, they play along so the tempo and all that exactly the same. They just take the record out, you know, at the end of the day. But <laughs> I remember they had me do some uh, Kim Fowley tune off his Frankenstein album called... Uh, oh, I love that record. Bubblegum, yeah. And, yeah, uh, okay, I love that So is the drummer, Steve Shelley. He's playing the fucking record. And then, uh, I'm looking at Thursday. You going to play with I'll play later. <laughs> okay. But that yeah. one, doing it won't be long. That was like kind of surreal... You know, we're, Yoko Ono is there, and yeah. Sean, there, and I think Cole was playing through John Lennon's old amp. Wow! So that was like, I was like, I think I called my dad after that and told him about that because you know he's the one that got me into the Beatles. Well, how did this connect happen, Jared, with Sean? Uh, we met him through. We were doing a record with Mark Ronson, and we needed a theremin player. And Mark was like, "Oh yeah, my friend Sean plays theremin. I'll have him come in." And then I was like, "Holy shit, that's Sean Lennon." And then we just kind of stayed in touch after that. And he was doing a record for the Fat White family up there. And they asked Cole if he would come up and do some guitar. And they were just talking. Cole's like, yeah, we don't really have anywhere to record the next record. And he was like, oh, just come up here and do it. I'd love to. Because he, Sean, kind of, like, he handpicks, like, whoever gets to come up there. And oh, yeah, I know, I know. It was I, like, fuck yeah. I got yeah, a buddy but... named Nels Klein, and uh, he's recorded up there. Yeah, it's a great spot. It was I was ecstatic when I found out we could go up there and do that. Uh, after that, we had the Far of the South with uh, "And Time Is Not an Issue." Then White Denim, Pretty Green, Black Lips, Got Me All Alone. Comment. Uh, that was just people were doing like when people were doing vocals or doing other takes. Yeah, there's a bunch of different rooms there, so we just started jamming and. Uh, I guess Cole had like a little mini four track that was recording. I didn't even know. I didn't even know we were doing all those interludes and stuff like that. Yeah. Bongo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like kind of like an anti-concept concept yeah. album. Well, I remember this, like the second Wipers album when yeah, Youth of America, like it's all one side. It was like, what? <laughs> it's okay to do shit like that. You know, let the freak flag fly. Um, Happy of a demo from the Vandal Poets, Afternoon Freak with on Pluto. There's a nice park. I got to do that with the first live thing with them last week in New York City. And Black Lips, come ride with me. Comment? Uh, that's just one of Cole's. He kind of he kind of like uh, verges on hip hop sometimes. That's yeah. like his kind of take on that. Yeah. He actually, when he does his solo stuff, he does, <laughs> he raps and it's pretty hilarious. I mean, it's it's his version of it. But uh, Speaking of which, we lost uh, Jalal, you know, Lightning Rod. 
Hustlers Convention a couple weeks ago. Much respect. Oh. I remember first seeing, well, hearing Last Poets of that, that Mick Jagger, what was it called, uh, Performance? He's like a gangster rock star. Or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, man, I've never heard a band like that. <laughs> they shook me up a little bit. Um, but I want to play The Last Cold a second. What would what, you use for m- most of the bass on this? Did you use a little Hagstrom? No, I was using a Hoffner. A Hoffner? Yeah, that's yeah. what I meant. That's what I mean. That's what I meant. The be- like the uh, Beatle bases, right? Yeah, a McCartney bass. Yeah, I got one of those. Uh, it's made in China. It was only under 250 but to do a, a tour with Tara Falco, I really like it. It weighs like three pounds. It's got tiny yeah. little flat wounds. Yeah, I play mine with flat wounds. Yeah. I did it. I think La Bella, I La Bella makes a set just for it. Yeah. Uh, I just got that because... It was the cheap guitar at Guitar Center, and then I just stuck with it. I was like, all right, this is going to be my signature because it's cheap and it's light. Yeah. And I actually, after 10 years or so of loyalty, uh, Hofner opened a company. Uh, they brought me like a German one, like wow. the real one, Chicago. Wow. Because they're, like they're like 2400 bucks. Yeah. And uh, I spent like six months chasing after Delta, trying to re- get them to replace it, but never would. Damn. Anyway, the bass sounds real good. Hagstrom is that Swedish cup. Pat Smear likes Hagstroms. Oh yeah, fifty of them. But those are those are those are pretty good too. That would be that or Fender uh, Bronco would be. I think, my... I think uh, Jimmy played on Electric Ladyland some Hagstrom. Okay, uh, but let's listen to the last cold set.
out on the track and into our lives, fishing in the skates, flashy uniforms and pads, driven by music, roar of the crowd. But during the day, they go back to roles, mothers and bartenders, computer Texans, students, women enjoying life and living it to the fullest, heroines in the game, tough girls in the fight, ladies by day, Victims by night. I love these women from their helmets to their roller skates. Working by day, jamming and blocking, scoring in night flight, living their lives. Victims by night. Take you, where have you gone? I keep 
first time I saw you, I looked into your eyes and thought that you were my sugar.
Pedro show, yeah, cul-de-sac, black lips. Jared can uh, give us some insight. That was like, you know, because in the suburbs, you know, you grew up in a lot of cul-de-sacs, and there was this one house who there was kind of some, uh, there was a house where the children had no supervision, so we have parties and shows in the basement. We called it the shit pit, <laughs> and uh, it was basically no rules. Like, all the neighbors hated that family and the parents and supervision but it was that was like our you know about our like high school years just sure. like fucking shit, fucking shit up in the suburbs yeah. cut the shit and start to pit <laughs> and then Joe Burr with Vixens by Night SS Space Systems Black Ant on Hosta Blossom and the Crystal Knight Black Lips Crystal Knight yeah, I was. I wanted to write uh, a love song about like people losing their love, and the, I was trying to think of the most heart wrenching thing ever because I like those like you know Ronettes. They have um, like leader of the pack. The the guy dies and she loses them. But I was like, what's the most tragic thing I could write about? And it's like about a Gentile being separated from a Jew like during the pogroms. And uh, I was like, oh, yeah, that's crystal pretty knock, dumb. crystal knock. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was a fucked up thing. Okay. Uh, I was just thinking of like the saddest song I could write. And that was you know it's a heavy song? You know Suicide, that song Frankie Teardrop? Yeah, what's that one? I love that song. Fuck, what's that one? It's heavy. That is a heavy song. I, there's something about sadness, you know, just as a, as a mover of feeling, you know, crimey. Uh, yeah, emotion. And like if I'm going to write something super sad, I want it to yeah. sound super pretty. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, Louis, you know that album Berlin, right? There's the yeah. songs like The Kids or The Bed. I mean, it's fucking terrible. But I always heard this thing that Lou Reed did. Like, he, like the producer told, he wanted a really good crying sound. So they Bob told Ezrin. the engineer's kids that, like, their mom died or something yeah, and they right. recorded the crying. I heard that George Clinton did that to Eddie Hazel for Maggot Brain. Oh, okay. I've always heard that. I didn't know if it was like an urban legend or not. Well, who knows, you know. I heard if you, you know, producers, I, I don't know, what was your experience with Sean, you know. It, they, they, they're trying to do things to get stuff out of you. I don't think it's always bad, you know. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I like being pushed real hard. Yeah. Like Sean would make me do take after take after take, which I'm glad. Stanley Kubrick. <laughs> yeah. Right? I heard about the the bat scene with Shelley Duvall. It was like, like buttloads of fucking takes. Oh, man. You know, beating Jack in the face with the fucking bat. And we got Oswald, Os, Oswald Dovey and Andrea Roten with Booba Booba, Butterfly Bones from Four Dimensional Nightmare, and finally, finale from Black Lips with those unknown interludes. <laughs> Man, it's been great having you on the show. Look, look, if a young person getting into this stuff asks for advice, what would you tell them, Jared? Getting into the, well, don't don't quit. Like, I mean, it's something that if you're not 150% into it, then you know, it has to be something you're passionate about because it's it's hard, you know? It's like Yeah. It's hard to get a return on it, you know? It's you've succeeded if you can quit your day job, but it's going to it took me seven or eight years to uh, lose a day job. And yeah, it's a lot of, you have to eat a lot of shit. You deal with a lot of shit. <laughs> Good advice. Good advice. Well-lived advice. I want to thank you so much for being on. And I want you guys to keep on keeping on. You Thanks, Mike. Whatever been, form uh, you need. And what you did here with Sean was bitching. Beautiful. I love it. Thank you so much. Oh, man. Thank you so much. And when you get your new uh, thing down the road, let's talk again, okay? Oh, yeah, we're almost done with the next one. Jesus, you're like Bob Pollard. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's been June 25, 2018 edition of Off for Pedro Show. People, keep your powder dry.